0: like, well, that that was a little much this morning. The, the keyboards was just, they, they got a little too crazy. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Brother Marty Leeds. You're listening to me and watching me and all that sort of good stuff. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy. We love you guys so much. Thank you for showing up this morning. Early, early birds get the worms. The good birds, good birds get the worms. Uh, we do service every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as you guys know. And no, I am no longer your... Um, your preacher from Beecher. I'm no longer the Beecher preacher. Now I am the minister from Missouri. That's what we're not in Missouri yet, and that's probably not going to stick. But anyway, we have moved. We put. We brought our stuff down to good old Missouri, and um, yeah, we'll be moving in the next couple months. So looking forward to that. So thank you all for joining me this morning. We are we're going to do. Um, oh, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. How about this one? We're going to do. Um, I came not to send peace, but to bring a sword. We're going to finish off. Matthew chapter 10 today, but first, as you know, we're going to do a prayer and get this thing going right. This is the prayer for Saint Michael. Saint Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. Um, can you tell them to turn that down? Any chance? Thank you. Okay, so today, we're like I said, we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 10. We did part one before. And so today we're going to finish off chapter 10. We're going to do part two. So we're, we'll cover the whole, uh, the whole thing. So let's get going. Let's start it off right. So last week we went through and did um, the 12 disciples of the Zodiac. So we focused on essentially the first four verses here, something like that. And so, um, yeah, we just covered, you know, we looked at the 12 disciples, his Jesus' ordination of these 12, and their, you know, correlates into the Zodiac. Now, this is something that I've been reading about and studying for, I mean, essentially my entire life of doing, you know, uh, symbolic studies and esoterica and things like that. And I've read many authors over the years that have been trying to make those correlations, and I thought we did a pretty dang good job. And so I did a a rundown video of it on this on the YouTube channel there, and I'll post it to Rockfin and stuff like that. It's about twenty minutes, something like that, basically making all the correlations. It does go by pretty fast, but you know if you're looking for that, so uh, I thought we did a pretty good job. So hope you guys enjoyed that. All right, let's let's do it. There's going to be a little bit of review, and then we'll march into the rest of it. Okay, so. Matthew chapter 10, number one. And when he had called unto his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Important point here. Jesus is giving his power. The power that Christ has, he is now giving. it's He's bequeathing. He's gifting that power. Where This is Kabbalah, by the way. When you receive a gift from the Lord, and we'll talk about that today. Now, the power that Christ had all of these guys have now too and that's what happens when you become an apostle and a disciple and you you've been gifted with the the power of christ so he gave them the power against the unclean spirits to cast them out heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease and who do who did he call now the names of the 12 apostles are these the first simon who was called peter and andrew his brother james the son of zebedee and john his brother philip and bartholomew o thomas and matthew the publican, james the son of opheus and lebius whose surname was thaddeus simon the canaanite and oh judas iscariot you bastard uh, who also betrayed him, of course. And these, and uh, these twelve, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, "Go not into the way of the Gentiles; into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not." So there's the first, first five. All right, let's go back. Matthew 10, one one. Let's look at this one more time. I'm gonna be doing a lot of math today, as you guys know. Last live stream, we discussed how the disciples, the the Greek name for disciples, with was, was mathetes or mathetes. It's very mathy. Okay, so we are gonna we're gonna focus on some math today. Once again, a little review. Matthew ten one, and when he had called unto the, unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And yes, dis- diseases in there. It's just not in the graphic. You can double check the math yourself. It does equal five forty. Once again, you can double check all that yourself. So the first line that you're giving that you're given in Matthew ten is what. Some heady math as we as we found last Sunday. This equals 540. That's your gematria total of that first verse. This is your pentagon. This is the fundamental geometry of the interior degrees of the pentagon. Why is that important? Because that is your design signature of God. That is your fingerprint of God. It's a design signature within creation. It's one of these things too when you're first getting into sacred geometry and number symbolism and study, things like that, that this is one that will rock you. Uh, at least did for me it's it's your first entrance into pattern recognition and realizing that that pattern also comes from what the paternos which is the what the pater which is the father which is the god almighty in heaven so the the internal degrees of that pentagon naturally the five pointed star gives you what the ratio of phi, and so I'm, we covered this last live stream so i'm just going to you know touch on it again today and we've covered it many many times and we'll cover it again and we'll uncover it and we'll look at it 360 degrees, uh, 360 different ways. Where's the Where's phi? It's in the human body. It's on your hand. It's on, you know, we, we've covered a bunch of this stuff. It's on the cochlea of your ear. Your body is proportioned onto this. Plants and animals, all, you know, this is something that is, um, it's a metaphysical truth that interpenetrates both the animate and inanimate objects. It's on the human bodies. It's, it's in plants. It's on all sorts of things. So, Boom! We have this fundamental degree given in your first verse. Okay. Um, where else did we also find phi? We covered this before too. The kiss of Venus. So this naturally, once again, and this is from this would be a geocentric understanding of this. The the path that the sun and Venus make and the Earth make actually naturally creates a five-petaled star. If you will, what's in that? What's your fundamental degrees? 540. What's that? It's phi. It's that design signature of God. Okay. So that's just a review. Then we did last live stream. We did that twelve disciples. We correlated the twelve disciples. I'm not going to do that again because we've got enough to cover today. But I just want to you know throw this on the screen for a review if you guys missed it. Highly recommend at least watching the um, you know the edited version of that. So there's your twelve disciples. There's your correlates into the Zodiac, man, into the Zodiac, what houses they are. And we, you know, like I said, we covered all of that. We also, um, we also show that those 12 names and Jesus Christ being that 13th disciple, if you will, or, you know, the the leader, when you add those together, just as it's called out. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who's called Peter. Andrew. James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Lebius, we're going to be using Lebius because his surname was Thaddeus, but we're going to be using Lebius as his Christian name in the sense, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. When you plug the Gematria values into that, those 12 disciples and Jesus Christ with his name, Jesus Christ, you know what you get, you get 365. And that, of course, is the, is the number of the sun and so what are we doing what are we dealing with here we're saying that the whole bible itself is an astrological document that these stories have a correlate into the stars above and and this has been known a long time well now we can actually put some math behind that okay so there you have the 12 disciples in jesus christ being three 65 okay so that's all the stuff that we covered last week there's some other things that i wanted to cover but we've got too many things to discuss today so let's move forward so that's one through four okay jesus is ordaining the 12 we're correlating to the you know the zodiac signs we're getting 365 which is the number of the sun that travels through those 12 houses those 12 disciples those 12 disciplines the 12 12 houses in which we must go do our work if you will then we get to matthew 10 5 and it says this These 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, this is what he said. This is the first thing after he ordains all 12. He says this to them, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not. Don't even bother going to hang and going to preach to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Now, who are the Samaritans? This is actually where you get, um, well, this actually comes from, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan and it's told in the Gospel of Luke. And it's about a, a traveler, implicitly understood to be Jewish, who is stripped of his clothing, he's beaten and left half dead on the side of the road. And f- so a Jewish priest comes along and then a Levite comes along, B- both people of the old religion, not followers of Christ, let's just say that, and both avoid the man. They just see the guy, he's beaten on the ground. They're just like, oh, whatever. We're just going to, not our, not our trouble. We're just going to keep walking. But then a Samaritan happens upon the traveler. And all those Samaritans and Jews, this comes straight from Wikipedia, by the way. All those Samaritans and Jews despised each other. The Samaritan helps the injured man. So here a Jew is, is sitting on the side of the road, beaten, half dead, naked. Jews, his people, walk by and they're like, oh, we don't, that's not our business. Then somebody that actually despises the Jew, people that don't get along, he helps them. This is where the a good Samaritan comes from. You know, you guys have heard the term, oh, he's a good Samaritan. He's a good person. He's going to help even somebody that is, is, is his enemy. Which, by the way, next live stream, next Sunday, we are going to be discussing... Um, Specifically, we're going to be discussing the bill that was just passed in Florida by Mr. Ron DeSantis. That's what we'll be discussing. We're going to be talking about free speech. We're going to be talking about um, racism. We're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff next week. So, so anyway, so this will be a good lead into it. So this, so he's saying, so Jesus is telling his twelve disciples, look, don't bother going into the places of the Gentiles and don't bother, don't bother trying to go preach to the good Samaritans. Why? Because they're already good Samaritans, right? Who needs the physician? The person that's whole or the person that's sick? Who's sick here? Well, Jesus goes on to tell you. He says, go not to the way of the Gentiles. Don't just leave the Gentiles alone, they're fine. Don't bother with the good Samaritans because they're all good Samaritans and stuff like that. Who do you have to go to? Well, Matthew 10:6 six says, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Why does Jesus say this? Well, because they're the people that need it the most, obviously. They're the people that need truth the most. They're the people that need to be told of the great work the most. They're the people that need to repent the most, clearly. Now, as we, as we say, when we relate these stars, just as we did at the beginning, these, uh, excuse me, these stories to the stars above, getting ahead of yourself there, Marty, to the canopy of the stars, what we're doing is recognizing that these stories are timeless. They didn't happen just 2,000 years ago. They happened 2,000 years ago and 1,099, nine years ago and 1,000 years ago, and they're happening today. So the story, the messages, the tales, the, the, the parables, all this sort of stuff is absolutely pertinent today. And that's the point of the good book. These are timeless tales. That's why you can read the book today and it can affect your life. It's, it's meant to bring you into the story Okay, so Jesus is saying, "Hey, guess what? We're, we got some issues. I'm going to grab twelve of you. One of you, by the way, whose name Judas is going to, is going to, um, you know, he's going to brand him out that sort of thing, right? Kiss the Judas, the whole that whole thing. So send forth into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why?" Well, because we know that good Samaritans, and at least in our day, when we recognize that this is a timeless, timeless book, and that the messages are pertinent today as they ever were. So who is who is running things in this world and that sort of thing? It's not the Gentiles. It's not the good Samaritans that are behind these things, okay? It's what would be construed as, we'll just say, the scribes and the Pharisees. So who's behind communism? It's not the Gentiles and it's not the Good Samaritans. It's not the good, good Christians that we meet down in Missouri. Okay, Who's behind the Federal Reserve? It's not the Gentiles. Who was behind 9-11? Well, it's not, the, it's not the Good Samaritans and the Gentiles. Who's behind media propaganda or the wars or international conflict? Censorship, mass immigration, the financiers of both Trump and Biden. Ooh, both of those guys. Both of those piles of human excrescence, who is behind them? Not a bunch of Gentiles. How about the LGBTQ plus movement? How about pornography? How about abortion? How about child grooming? How about gun control? How about the slave trade? How about the COVID agenda? How about Hollywood? Who is behind? So when we go to preach, we're not preaching to a bunch of people that are not behind this sort of stuff because we don't need to preach to a bunch of people that are giving their time, they're charitable, they're philanthropic, they're loving, they're trying to do the the right thing in this world. They repent. They they see everybody, in, in this sense, as their equal. Those people, those good Samaritans, are not behind this sort of stuff. He's saying, just as Jesus is saying, go to the place where they worship the devil. And he'll remind us of this in this chapter. Now, mind you, can you go to any other church online or otherwise that's saying pretty much any of this stuff? How many times did we, we went through the whole book of Mark. Now we're, you know, a quarter or a third of the way into Matthew here. And how many times does Jesus come out and say these things about the synagogues? How many times? And how many churches say fucking nothing about it? I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say are Jews. We're going to talk about that next next live stream too. About how Marty Leeds is a Jew. Marty Leeds is Jewish. We'll talk about that. That'll be fun. <laughs> and know the blasphemy of them which they say are Jews, but they're not Jews. But are the synagogue of Satan. Behold, I will make them. We're just reading the Bible here, people. This is no uh, hatred or any anything of the sort. We're just reading the Holy Bible there. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but they do lie. And then ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. Jesus is saying, hey, you 12, go to these people. What did Jesus do? Went into the synagogues and taught on the day he was not supposed to, teaching the things he's not supposed to. He's saying, I'm going to give you the power Now you do the same. Take up your cross. And we'll get to that. He's talking about the people that were gnashing of teeth, that were in the outer darkness, that that fell into the lake of fire, a, a furnace of fire, where there's gnashing of teeth and there should be wailing and gnashing of teeth and there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And she'll cut him asunder and point his portion among the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? It's the scribes and Pharisees. How many times has Jesus said it? Chapter after chapter, verse after verse. He's not mincing words. Remember, we, we just read in Matthew 8 where he said when Jesus heard this guy who was, you know, uh, just had such great faith that I think it was the, oh, who was it, the centurion, I believe, that had such great faith and brought this guy to be healed against the, you know, the entire Protocols of the Roman army. And he sees this guy and he says, God, you have such faith. I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel, he says. Then we go into Luke 7. What does he say? The same thing. I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. All of Israel. What's happening? Same thing today. Why? Because it's a timeless story. Who doesn't recognize Israel as a country? Once again, this is just straight from Wikipedia. So, you know, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Lebanon, Saudi Saudi Arabia, Syria, yeah, like literally all the countries surrounding Israel. So you have to remember that it's remember, and we'll talk about this once again next Sunday, and we'll cover it. We'll go 360 degrees around that, looking at every single degree. So we can just find the center of that truth. We're very monadic here, as you guys know. Remember, it's not a conspiracy. It's a theology, and we as Christians have every right to call out that theology. Why? Because that's why that book was sandwiched together. You know that book that we have was—it's called the Holy Bible? There's an Old Testament, and then there's our book. That's the New Testament, and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, does his part in making sure that everybody knows who the Gentiles are, who the Good Samaritans are, and who needs to be preached to. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach saying what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here in the now. That's what it is. The kingdom of heaven, the power of God Almighty is right here in the now. It's in the present. That's what Christ is all about. That's what that's why when we teach the Trinity, Father is the future, Holy Spirit is the past, and who's right with us the entire time. We'll cover that again as we move forward. Lord Jesus Christ, he's the present. That's why he's the second person of the Trinity. So he says this, saying this, as you go, comma, preach, comma, saying, comma, this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ooh, there's seven seven words there, seven words there. This equals more math, more math. (laughs) This equals 103. What is that? Well, number one, 103 is the 27th prime number. The 27th prime number. Do you know what Jesus equals in English grammatria? 27. Okay. Do you know how many bones are in the human hand? Go forth. Preach saying this. The kingdom of heaven is where? It's at hand. How many bones are in this hand? You got 14 phalanges up here, two on the thumb, three on each finger. And you have 13 in the palm. There's like five here, and you know, or eight here. Excuse me, eight in the in your palm here that make up this palm. This this sort of down here by your wrist. You've got five metacarpals, and you got 14 phalanges here. That's 27. There's 27 bones in the human hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the gematria total of that is 103, which is what the 27th prime number. Jesus, in this cipher right there. The septenary seven, seven words equals twenty-seven. J E S U S four five six six six. We know that. So one, one of the things that this is actually referring to is is well the cube, and the cube is what we've covered this many many times. It's six sides around what one. It's the it's the formation of the entire cosmos according to Genesis. God did his work. The the, the mathematical template is what? God did his work in six days, rest on the seventh. That's all about the six directions of space resting on the center point. One, two, three, four, five, six sides of that cube is what? In English, Gematria, 103. The kingdom of heaven is at hand equals 103. 103 is the 27th prime number, and there are 27 bones in your hand, and it says, go forth. Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then we see just counting one two three four five six equals what? The same thing, a hundred and three. What is that? That's your that's your die. That's your cube. That's your one two three up down left right forward and reverse one two three four five six and what rests on the seventh? The invisible point in the center, the metaphysical eternal spark, divine spark that's within you in the center. That's a cube. It's your basic geometry of the cube. So, and once again, we've talked about this numerous times. It's always good to revisit this because that's exactly what the Bible does. It goes and it's like, oh, here it is again. Oh, then they'll go for a while. Oh, here it is again. Then they'll go for a while. Up oh, here it is again. So, the city of God is a cube. And the city lieth Four square, it's a square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. Twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. That's a cube. So the city of God, as we know, is a cube. So Jesus is saying what? That the city of God, which is what? It represents you. That's where God is. And where is and he's going he's saying, Go forth and you preach this that the kingdom of heaven is right here. The city of God where God rests, is right in the center of you. It's in the math. It's in the descriptions. This is is revelation to clarify all this for you. This is the monad. This is what we always talk about. Boom. In the center. Okay? So, then he says this again. I have given you the power, Matthew 10:8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. For years this this both my podcast before and this sermon, everything has been free. We don't do any commercials. Everything has been free. I've said for years that you could learn everything that I've learned over the years, all the information and wisdom or whatever that we distilled down on this channel or live streams before and stuff like that, you could learn all of it without having to give me a single penny. Now, you can buy books and things like that because those things cost to produce, of course, but you can learn everything, the the cipher, the star study, you could do all of it without having to give me one cent. And I've been doing that for years because I knew that that was the right thing to do, okay? Okay and that's why we that's why all the documentaries are, are free. all these sermons are free. when it says freely ye have received freely give when you receive, when you get a gift, when you've been given something this is Kabbalah. So notice that there's it's literally Kabbalah means to receive okay to receive, admit, accept and it's also known as once in Kabbalah Arabic, it means he received. So when you're given something, and that's where true wisdom comes from. You don't come up with it. You're not that smart. <laughs> Neither am I. God gives it to you. This is what Kabbalah is all about. Now, he's saying freely you have been given. Free, you know, freely you received. Freely you give. Okay. And he's saying that right after he said what the kingdom of his the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which encodes what the cube. Then the next thing he says is what Kabbalistic you're going to receive what is that Kaaba Kaaba means cube Kabbalah is the cube of Allah it's literally the next thing he says this is also what what we what we teach on this channel about how spiritual you know like spiritual enlightenment or spiritual knowledge is is given to you okay and without money and without price. This is Frank C. Higgins, and this is a great quote. It says, The task, and this is exactly what essentially Jesus is saying in so many words, the task of the present age is to go into the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not to the good Samaritans and not to the Gentiles. Go to the people that need it desperately, need the teaching, need the preaching desperately. Go to them, okay? The task of the present age is to awaken public sentiment to the fact that these leeches and parasites are but traitors and sacred things. As the lawyer who employs the law of the land for the perpetuation of injustices, the chemist who uses scientific knowledge to establish drug vices in a community, or the merchant whose gains are based on the adulterants he uses. The truth is this the truth is that there are no mysteries except the one all-pervading and ever-present mystery christ which each individual seeker for union of the segregated mind with the universal mind may fathom for him or herself without money and without price doesn't cost you shit. now if you once again we run on donations so if you'd like to support the church we appreciate that but ultimately at the end of the day you don't have to give one shekel, one little farthing or whatever the heck it's called to, to receive this at all. So when you receive, freely give. Then he says, go forth. It says this, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip. Scrip is essentially money for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. Staves is a staff. You don't, So, in other words, you don't. You don't need any coats. You don't need shoes. You don't. What? what we'll get to this second. Not going to need the staff. You're not going to need any gold or silver or brass for your purses. You're not going to need. What? What is he basically saying? You're going to go forth as the total spiritual body, not the physical. That's what you're going to be preaching because it's going to be just straight from that flow, that way, just boom. That's what you're going to be. That's what. That's the position you're in. And then he says you don't have to worry about that stuff because for the workman is worthy of his meat. Okay. What is. What is. What does this say? When it says here, this reminds me of something in Revelation, which which basically says when you enter into the kingdom of God, right? And it says, you're not going to need the sun or moon because it's going to be daylight. It's just going to be the light of God. Just like, blah, that's, what you're, that's what you're going to be in. Okay, so provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. It reminds me of this, um, I forget what verse this is in Revelation. but And it says, the city of God, that cube, that cube of God has no need for the sun. Don't need any gold, neither of the moon. You're not going to need silver to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. That's what will be leading you. That's what will be taking you along on your journey. And he says, the workman is worthy of his meat. The workman. The workman. Remember, we ended last, not last live stream, but the live stream before we ended it, where I where I screwed up the math and we had to fix that math. Thank you, Michael Schutnick. Um... He ended it saying that the laborers are are there's a, there's a ton of harvest, but the laborers are few. He specifically is talking about the people that are doing what work, work. This spiritual process that we undergo is work. Make no bones about it. And he's re- he's repeating it here. You go out, the workman is worthy of his meat. You're out there doing what the great work. This is why we focus so much on the great work and alchemy in this channel because as you guys know, as we've said many times before, there's no way you're going to be able to understand 98% of the Bible unless you do your your due diligence in alchemy. You can't understand why the salt of the earth, you can't understand why Jesus is the bridegroom, you can't understand any of that stuff unless you study alchemy. The great work is ultimately the process of alchemy it's what it's all about it's the magnum opus it's an alchemical term for the process of working with the prima materia to create the philosopher's stone it's it's the same metaphor that we get again and again and again and again and again it's your process to turn the lead into gold it's your process to the rough ashlar stone to the perfect ashlar stone it's your process from the lost sheep just like those in that house of israel to what the shepherd of christ the great work signifies the spiritual path towards self-transcendence in its entirety. This is the process of bringing unconscious complexes into the conscious awareness in order to integrate them back into one self, the one almighty God. And that's what it's all about. And we don't need that. So, and uh, notice we he says here, you're not going to need any gold, you're not going to need silver, nor brass in your purse, you're not going to need script for your journey, you're not going to need a bunch of money, you're not going to need two coats, we'll get to that in just a second, neither shoes nor stays so for the workman is worthy of his meat. What what ultimately is he saying, like, in this world? Like, it's what we talked about, we talked about what it means to be a Gnostic. It's that you you live a life of where you don't need material possessions in order to have any sort of fulfillment, Right? you you live off frugality, minimalism, b- b- simplicity. He's he's about to say go into all of these houses and if they welcome you in just go in. What is that? It's community. It's your family. Because your family is not just your family, your brothers and sisters. It's your family. It's the people that are all the good samaritans and the gentiles, if you will, okay? And so that's what he's saying. He's like, you know, go forth and you don't all you're going to need is what? divine truth Okay? Um, Jennifer and I just moved, and this is the totality of our stuff, by the way. After, <laughs> it's most of it's, like, just a big bad and some books. And that's, like, all of our stuff, which was a lot, by the way. But we, we've always lived that way. I'm not trying to, like, pump ourselves up or, like, you know, puff out my feathers or anything like that. But that, I, I've lived that way for a very long time, trying to literally break it down to essentially the least amount of stuff that I need just because... I hate moving. <laughs> so that's really what he's saying. In, 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 in essence, it's like, hey, um, you know, you don't need a bunch of material possessions in this world. Then he says this. Oh, wait, let me let me touch on this. It isn't to say... Be don't be prepared in this life. It isn't to say, oh, don't worry about having enough wood for the winter, or you know, stocks in your cupboard, or stuff like that. I mean, even Boy Scouts tell us to be prepared. What it's saying is, don't go out and live in fear. Always worry something. You know, this sort of stuff that the world is going to end and you're not going to have enough stuff. You know, we always have to be in a uh, as it's saying here the scout scout logo. Be prepared. You're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. That's really what being prepared is all about. Not living in fear. Jesus is going to mention that too. Jesus is going to mention that. A few more things. Faith without works is dead. When we talk about the great work, have faith all you want. Yes, of course. Faith should lead to knowing, by the way. And faith without works is dead.
1: Sorry.
0: Oh my God, sorry. shut him off. My Lord, <laughs> what kind of crap are you listening to over there, woman? My Lord. <laughs> anyway, um, faith without works is dead. Okay. And this is the whole idea of having total faith in God is that there's no plan B, right? When when you go out, it's like, you're going to deal with some hell. You're going to deal with people hating on you. As he's about to say, you're going to go into some houses. They're going to kick you out. Some houses are going to welcome in. You're going to have to deal with all of that. This is where he says, don't, don't go two coats, two coats. Well, you you guys know this. It's like an old, I think this is, it's an old adage. I think like the Um, like Navy SEALs use it or something like that. But I actually learned it from this prepper guy where he said two is one and one is none. And this idea simply emphasizes the importance of a backup plan in this sort of sense, right? You don't have the one, well, guy, have this other thing. And what he's saying is with God, there is no plan B. You don't need that backup plan. When you're on this plan, when you're on this path, right? And if you're completely dedicated, you are in at 111%. Nothing is going to stop you from being on that course. It's just like we just like we learned with good old Arthur when we did the sword and the stone. His his path, Arthur's path to get to that sword in that stone and pull it from that was divinely inspired. He was gonna be taken care of all the way. Ooh, the fox, remember the wolf or the fox or whatever it was was about to get him? Oh, just misses him. Then almost, oh just misses him again. Every time. Oh, he, he was like just about to be in peril, but something happens. And this is what it's saying. You're in that way. Okay? And you're in the flow. You're in the way. And this is this is the idea of Gnostics embody faith by knowing their trust in the Almighty. By knowing it. Faith is not just blind acceptance. It's knowing it. It's seeing it. It's understanding it. Through faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it but there's evidence of it For the elders for it by the elders obtained a good report. We have the elders to show that oh this thing works. when you get on that path towards Christ things start happening. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God we understand it so that the things, which are seen, were not made of the things which do appear. You see the things that are made and you see beyond it. And you see what? The divine purpose and framework of God Almighty. You can see, oh, behind that, that's Phi. Oh, behind that, that's 540. Oh, I can see that there's order. I can see there's a design. I can see there's a fingerprint of God that's touch that's going, whoop, oh, I just made that flower. And you can see it. You can see it's framed by that. Do I need to have faith that God made that flower? No, my faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things not seen. Oop, did I miss one? Did I miss one? I might have missed one. I think that's it. Oh, and into, now he says this. Everybody catch that. Okay. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy. And there abide till ye go thence. You go in and you find out who is worthy to hear the truth. As you know, there's a lot of people that they, they don't deserve to hear it because they have no intention of changing what they what they have to say or what they believe, anything like that. I said this. I just left a a a comment on one of the um, several of the channels, and I said this. I am I am who I am. I'm not perfect. I never claim to be. If you have any problem with how I present, what I say, how I teach, what I teach and preach, how I deliver my message, how we run things at this church, what topics I discuss, what things I'm passionate about, if you're here to criticize and nitpick what it is we do, then please leave. We are providing an unbelievably wonderful service to so many. And if you cannot see that, then I'm simply not interested in any interaction with you. It's that simple. It's not out of hate or anger or disgust or anything like that. We only have time for so many in this life and I want to make sure that my time is given to those who actually appreciate what we do. You have to go out into this world and inquire who is worthy to hear it because some people are not worthy to hear it. Some people are scribes and Pharisees. Some people are lost sheep of Israel. There's some good Samaritans out there. There's some good community out there. There's some good family members out there. And they're worthy to hear it. So when you go into the town, find out those people and then speak your mind. And when you come into that house, salute it. Say, oh, you know, I see you in this sort of sense. And if the house be worthy, again, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. Don't, my Lord. As I'm saying this, I'm like, God bless it. I got to learn this shit. What am I doing preaching this stuff? I should just, I got to cut it now. I got to go think about this for a while. I'll be back in like 20. Okay. (laughs) My wife's laughing her ass off over here. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, don't let your anger and frustration freaking get a hold of you. Let your peace come be, say, hey, guess what? That's going to take care of itself. As we'll go on to see, all the truth will be revealed all you have to do is do your work, and if it's not worthy, then you got to extract yourself from it. Don't get angry. Let it frickin' go, and let your peace return to you. That's a hard lesson. Damn hard. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house, shake off the dust of your feet and move the fuck on. He doesn't say that. That was a little addendum that I added at the end of there, but move on. Speak to who is ready to hear, who has ears to hear and worthy. And if they're not, you move on. And I've had to say this about a lot of truth seekers lately that I just had to say, okay, okay, I got to let it go. Now, mind you, who is he speaking to specifically here? Who is he telling these 12 disciples to go out and preach to? Not the Gentiles, not the good Samaritans, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because then he says this, For those people that don't hear you, that are not going to receive me, that are not worthy of that, verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were two legendary biblical cities destroyed by God for their wickedness. Set the set the place on fire, I think. Uh, their story parallels the Genesis flood narrative and this theme of God's anger provoked by sin. Basically, God's going to see the sin. He's like, I gave you all the opportunity to not do that sort of stuff. You had free will. You ch- Christ showed up. His disciples showed up to your door. We're like, hey, guess what? Peace. And they're like, no. Okay, well, you made the decision now in the time when it comes for your judgment, what do we say? You're going to have to see all of that sin. You're going to have to see the hurt and the pain and the suffering that you helped cause. And you're going to have to see it right from their shoes. God's going to take you out of your little physical body that goes, whoop, that's fleeting and passing and impermanent and temporary. And when we get into the metaphysical realms, this is, this is all I'm saying is I imagine what happens is that what? Now you get to be in the shoes of the people that you harmed and that you hurt. Now you get to see it. And holy shit, it's going to be awful for you. Now, is this God punishing you? No, you punished yourself. That's it. You chose to be the dick bag. You chose not to live in truth. You chose to feel like you were chosen over other people lost sheep of the house of Israel. <laughs> because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great because their sin is very grievous, Genesis eighteen twenty. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly, Genesis thirteen thirteen. The smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. What's the smoke of the furnace? Well, it's the, we talked about, it's the, you know, what's the uh, sulfur down below, the smoke, the lake of fire rising up, the whole bit, okay? So he's making it very clear. Where does Sodom comes from? It comes, well, Sodom means a wicked or corrupt place, you know, etymologically, if that's even a word, it is now, from the sinful place, from a sinful city in ancient Palestine said to have been destroyed with neighboring Gomorrah for, uh, by fire from heaven. Sodomy is sexual intercourse involving anal or, uh, or oral copulation, okay? This is what they're, this basically, you know, it's like they're turning the kids freaking gay. A record one in four high uh, record one in four high school students say that they are bi-se- gay bisexual or questioning their sexuality. They're trying to make Sodom and Gomorrah right now. So let's um, oh let me let me just say this too oh no let's just move on let's go on let's go on we got enough here okay and quite oh sorry wrong one my apologies okay so. It's gonna be pretty bad for them. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, remember what he said is that, but you know, this was, I think in Matthew, he said, oh, is it Matthew? He says, I send you, um, beware of, they come to you as sheep, but inside are ravening wolves, something like that. You know that line, okay? There's lots of people that are absolute wolves, but they'll come to you as sheep. This, this happens all the time, right? As you guys know. So, be- behold, I send you forth as sheep following the shepherd of Christ into the midst of wolves. You're going to go into a place that wants to eat you alive. But guess what? You're going to have my power with you the entire time. The entire time. You'll be able to cast out devils and heal the sick and call, you know, <laughs> call out the cast out devils. Oh, the whole bit. Heal the lepers. The whole bit. Be, therefore, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves what is this a uh, what is this uh, a mentioning of this is constellational okay this is constellational the serpent was wise enough to trick the two beings in the beginning of creation to trick them he was a he was a sly what that's why the serpents always considered wise right it's all about now it's not letting the serpent take control of you, obviously. The whole even Kundalini, the whole idea is what? You take control of the serpent. You're the one that takes that thing and raises it up. Okay? So the serpent is wise. The serpent, you know, I mean, number one, the serpent also is at the very top of the entire the entire cosmology. That's Draco. Looking, seeing everything in this sense, right? So Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. What is the, this is a representation of Draco. Be as wise as that serpent up there that can see everything and was able to trick Adam and Eve out of their paradisical home and harmless as what? Columba. And Columba is what? It's the dove. That's your Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay, and we've talked enough about that. Okay, it is about, what, 9.52. We are, uh, we are going to pass the basket around, and let's see if this works this time. Let's see if I don't screw this up, all right?
2: <laughs> are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. A, B, C. A, always, B, B, C.
0: Collecting. Always be collecting. Always be
2: collecting. You want to go out on those sits tonight and close? Close, it's yours, not... You're going to be shining my shoes. These are the new leads. These are the Glengarry to you, they're gold, and you don't get them. Why? Because to give them to you is just throwing them away.
1: They're for closers.
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me play guitar. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to see that stupid video. They all want to see the Willy Burger commercial, the, <laughs> the Blind Willy commercial. So, anyway, passing the basket around. If you guys would like to support support the fine work that we do, we really appreciate it. Uh, Venmo, buy me a coffee, Cash App, and you can become a good bird at the Subscribe Star. We really appreciate that. And at least for the next couple months, you can uh, snail mail, which we will do be doing uh, Tuesdays with Marty. On Tuesday, I've got a, a, a at least one piece of mail to open. So um, if you want to send anything, Kevin McNally, N2550, Southview Court, Monroe, Wisconsin, 53566. N2550, Southview Court, Monroe, Wisconsin, 53566. Until we move down to Missouri, which will be in the next couple of months. So, okay, let's move on. Then Jesus gives you a warning in Matthew 10, 18, and he says this, And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them, and the Gentiles. So as you go and preach against those lost sheep, preaching to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Jesus is going to say, now the governors and the kings and the presidents and the prime ministers of all these countries, wait, is that happening right now? I think, it, Did what happened to just, what happened to Ron DeSantis? What did he just do? Huh. It's almost like this is a timeless book and the stories are happening right freaking now. He's saying, You'll be brought forth for a testimony against all these people that were speaking truth, all the good Samaritans. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. Why does he say this? Then he said, Well, we'll get to that. Then he says this for it shall be given to you. What is it? It's Kabbalah. You'll receive it. It'll be given to you. As to what to say, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. This is all about getting into the flow, the way. I am the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We'll revisit that again in this live stream. The way is the core. It's It's explained this way, super simply. It can be described as the idea of the primordial natural law on which all of the universe has been given its shape and mechanics. This is the most succinct way to talk about the way. There is a flow. There is a way. When God said, let there be light, that emanator, emanative, vibratory essence that is God, that sound, that light, I spoke light, you know, that's the word. That truth reverberates through all things in creation. You want to get in that flow. You want to get in that zone. In that flow state. That's what the way is all about. This is where, this is when you actually receive the epiphanies. This is when the synchronicities start happening. Legitimate, genuine synchronicities in your life, which many people have had. Not just like, oh, I saw the number 333 or something like that. No, like crazy synchronicities. Like, how in the freaking hell did that happen, right? This is when the insight's happening. This is when you get those creative flashes, the aha moments, the divine inspirations, the revelations. Things are given to you, shown to you, so that you know that you're in that flow. This is what it's all about. We actually, once again, covered this. For those of you that haven't watched it, you should. The, um, the Disney's uh, Alchemy of the Sword and the Stone. This is exactly what Archimedes was telling little Arthur when he's ta- ta- teaching him how to fly. He's, t- he's trying to be a good bard. This is really what's going on. So he's a to little Arthur there. So it says, now boy, flying. flying is not merely some crude mechanical process. It's a delicate art. When you're doing the natural thing that birds do, frickin' fly, guess what? There's a flow to it. There's a flow state to it. There's a way to it. There's there's an eminative word that's vibrating through you as you do this. It's purely aesthetic, poetry of motion. And the best way to learn it is to do it. Throw yourself to the wolves and be a sheep, if you will. You want to become that vessel of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. In that time, it's just going to be given to you. You don't have to worry about it. Don't fear. And he'll say that as it's coming up. Don't fear. Just let it come straight out of you. Now, mind you, when Jesus was brought up, we've covered this. We covered this in Mark. We'll cover it again. When Jesus was brought up to King Herod and Pontius Pilate, what was he instructed by God to say? Okay, let's read this. This is Luke 23. Um as soon, and then, so Herod heard about this, right? Or um, Pontius Pilate heard about this. I forget, I forget who he's saying here. But, and as soon as he knew that he belonged into Herod's jurisdiction, ooh, actually, no, uh, we're all under God's jurisdiction, period. He sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at the time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, Season? You mean like the sun and traveling through the 12 houses of the disciples of the Zodiac? Because he had heard many things of him and he had hoped to have some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him in many words. But what did Jesus say? Not shit. Nothing. What came to him at that moment? (laughs) Jesus like, oh, you don't deserve one freaking syllable out of my mouth, King Herod. Pontius Pilate, Roman governors, kings... And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. You got Herod, King Herod, questioning him. Herod questioning him. Scribes and Pharisees accusing him. They mocked him. And then they sent him to Pilate. And what did he say to Pilate? <laughs> nothing. He said nothing. So, so in other words, when we talk about, so when we talk about like, Kabbalah, right? This is receiving. So in this moment, you're going to receive. And we understand Kabbalah is number symbolism, okay? So what did, and that's what, rece- once again, Kabbalah means receiving. So he, Jesus is saying, hey, well, you're going to be brought up these governors and these kings and all this other stuff. And they're going to say, hey, uh, you need to testify against the Gentiles and stuff like that. And in that moment, God's going to give you whatever you need. He's, You're going to receive it. You're going to be gifted that. And what did Jesus, what was the, and Kabbalah, as we know, is number symbolism. So uh, Kabbalah is number symbolism in in one essence. So what did, what number did um, Jesus get? He got number five. He's a one, two, three, four. Play the fifth. Play the fifth, nigga. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Started this whole thing with the number five too. That's kind of a joke. What did Jesus say? Actually, he wasn't given the number five. Jesus was given at that moment, Kabbalistically, through number symbolism, Jesus, Jesus was given the number zero because he didn't say shit to them because they didn't deserve anything. Here you had... The governors and the chief priests and the scribes and king this Herod dude and Pontius Pilate and all these guys accusing a man who's never sinned. That's the whole thing of Jesus, right? He's a sinless being, accusing him of all sorts of shit. And what was his response? Exactly what they deserved. You get nothing. As we know, there is no justice in man's court of law. We're seeing it with COVID-19. We're seeing it with Mr. Ron DeSantis in his passing of the, the, this bill recently. There's no justice in man's court. What does the story of Jesus tell us about man's court system? A and completely innocent man his entire life went to Pontius Pilate, went to Herod. Oh, you're not guilty, not guilty. What ends up happening? They put him on a cross anyway, didn't they? So he's like, one, two, three, four, fifth. Play the fifth. That's what's going to come to you at that time. Okay. So then he says this. When they deliver you up, because they're all working with what? The synagogue of Satan. It shall be given to you. You'll Kabbalistically receive what to say. And I'm assuming you're going to say nothing because that's what these people deserve. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, That's given to you that's what the dove is when it comes in that's what the dove comes down the spirit of your father that's ahead of you speaketh in you that will be Christ in the present see that for all you Trinitarians out there father's the future the Holy Spirit is the past and you're in the present right now and what's gonna happen the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father the child and the child children shall raise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death when truth shows, we're going to talk about this, we'll, re, we'll revisit this, but when sh- truth shows up, it actually can, can divide, doesn't necessarily bring everybody together, because some people won't handle the truth, and they'll fight it tooth and nail, like those lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. And ye shall, and we'll talk about that again, because they'll revisit it, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. There's a bunch of people that are going to hate you because you speak such truth. Just keep speaking it. Because he that endureth to the end shall be saved. It's incredibly empowering, by the way. Because when he's saying, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You know when we just talked about when King Arthur, Little Art, the the runt was on his quest. He was on a divine quest because he was the only one that was going to be able to pull that sword from the stone. And in his path, all the angels... The angles of Kabbalah were surrounding him the entire time, being like, "I got you." But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, comma. This is what he says: Ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Do I even need to explain that one? I think we're. I think we get it. Ye shall not have gone over. The cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. You're not gonna you're not gonna be doing any preaching there. They're not listening. <clears throat> the disciple is not above um, I'm gonna get going here. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. This is basically just recognizing hierarchy here. Okay? It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his lord. Now he says this. This is the important verse here important sentence, but if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, Satan, Moloch, these people, if they call the master of their house, the house, Beelzebub, Satan, how much more shall they call them of his household? They're calling their God, Satan. You come into that household and be like, Christ, what do you think their response is going to be? Who's Beelzebub? It's another name for the wiles of the devil, that old serpent, the devil. Ball is Moloch. Ball, Beelzebub is essentially all the same character. This is where you know allegedly there's you know it's there's child sacrificing and things like that. Now, Beelzebub, actually, the etymology of Beelzebub is Lord of the Flies from Baal, Lord, and then Zebub, which is like fly, okay? So you can even see Old English Beelzebub, uh, Philistine, the Philistines, there's, you know, God worshipped it, Akron, used in the Vulgate, the Latin, obviously, for New Testament. Beelzebub, Baal from Hebrew, Lord of the Flies. Now, what, where do flies congregate on shit? So their their master of their house was the lord of the flies. Where do do flies get their nourishment shit? So like this, for instance, this what you're looking at right here would be considered um, flies on shit is what it would be. For those of you that are listening at home, we're looking at a picture of Jordan Peterson shaking hands with Benjamin Netanyahu Netanyahu, sitting at a murderer. Just like his father, the devil. Is sitting with Ben Ben Shapiro, who's teaching Judeo-Christian values. Uh, then this sort of thing comes up again. You know, like you're of your father, the devil. He's literally Jesus is literally saying, You're gonna go into certain houses, and the master of that house is Satan. Where are the Catholics? Where the Protestants? Where are the Baptists? Where are the branch Davidians? Well, they're dead. Um, where, where are all these churches that are just, uh, you know, not picking up their Bible and reading explicitly what it says? This is what Jesus is saying. Flies on shit. Of their father, the devil. I just want to make sure we're clear. It's not me saying this. Christ, it's the you know that dude that we follow. Gotcha. Okay, so <laughs> fear them not, therefore. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, don't don't fear them at all. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What is he saying? There, what those, what these kind of characters. Oop, well, them, these kind of characters and their ilk, what they've done over the years is not follow that vibratory essence of the light of God that reverberates through all things that is truth, that pours out your fingertips, that that literally is the mechanics of how everything runs. They didn't follow any of that. What they did Is have a crazy head and a crazy heart and worship the devil and cast spells upon humanity and been doing it for years and years and years and years and years. Well, guess what? There's a light that darkness comprehends not. That shit wears off after a while. We're in the middle of watching it wear off. And people are freaking out. It's like, oh, the spells are going to be on forever. No, they're not. Where's your faith? Where's your knowing? Where's your knowing? We're watching as the spells are wearing off. Why? Because we know what Jesus says is true. Fear them not. Therefore, there is nothing covered. They've been covering shit for a long time. And guess what? The covering is falling off. The veils are falling off. Christ is rising. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Their spells are wearing off. And that freaks a lot of people out. It's okay. Don't be afraid. They might even bring you up into the, the courts and and want want you to like speak against your community and your family. Just endure. Jesus did. What happened to him? Oh, that's why we're talking about him.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Let's move on. What I tell you in darkness, speaking of. That speak ye in light, in darkness. What happens? Meditation, contemplation, going into going into into.
1: Right.
0: <sighs> what I tell you in darkness, Matthew ten twenty eight or ten twenty seven. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, hear in the ear. Right. That preach ye upon the housetops, go up and speak the truth. anybody that'll listen go into a house are you worthy are you ready to hear it okay let's talk all right, earth's flat, um, it's not the work of the Gentiles that's doing all this sort of stuff, you know, like the propaganda and 9-11 and, like, all the, the, the grooming of children, all of this. Not that. and then just just go out and speak the truth. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Bible is, like, all the, all the stories are literally upstairs, and God has given you a template to understand your divinity right in front of you, and, um, you know, fuck liars and Satan worshippers. Speak the truth boldly, proudly loudly speak the truth even if your voice shakes speak the truth unapologetically this is what jesus is saying what i tell you in darkness when you get that truth that speak ye in light go out what you hear in the ear that preach ye upon the housetops go to the top of the house go to the what's the top of the house what's the light in your zodiac man up here okay And fear the, fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul the, the body's gonna die anyway. so don't don't fear any in this sense don't fear any physical death. everybody dies but f- rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Fear him that's going to what bring you back here in this sense right it says this are two are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? In other words, you could be like oh let' let's just say this and I'll go back. are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. One of the this is saying that nothing happens to a man without the permission of God. God is in total control. This is why he's saying the wizard spells eventually it's it's gonna wear out. So that's why he's saying don't fear anything down here don't fear these kings and the governors he's saying speak the truth unapologetically so your voice shakes nothing happens without God not a a hair on your head grows or falls out as it were without God Almighty this is what he's saying then it says this, Matthew ten thirty. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God's God's perfection, His way, the Tao, right? That word that reverberates through all things, that is how this place runs, is so mathematically perfect that even the very hairs of your head, God is numbered. This harkens back to something we talked about before in Matthew about like, oh, are you worried about God all the, the God feeds all the birds and all the things like that? What are you worried about? You just have to stay on that path. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Have you guys ever seen a snowflake up close? And not these snowflakes, not those snowflakes. You've seen plenty of them up close, but a snowflake up close. It's mathematical perfection. As water, as the air is cold and water falls from the heavens, it crystallizes into what? Well, what's a two-dimensional cube? It's a hexagon, but it that, that's what it does. That's what God is doing to a snowflake. What are you, what are you worried about? You don't think he's got this under control? <clears throat> Baby, yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to see the next slide. He's, he's looking at you, baby. <laughs> That's,
1: <hilarious.
0: laughs> That's an inside joke to us in the Telegram group. Anyway, so here's the math of that. Now, notice it says Matthew ten thirty, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. It ends with numbered to let you know, and ah, there might be some math here. This is, uh, the gematria total is 157. Do you know what that is? It's half a pie. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. mathmat framed, the the invisible, framed by God himself. That's what they're saying. diameter the entire thing would be what let's if that was you know 3 314 if you will 314 what's half of that 314 divided by 2 is 157 what's half a circle it's 180 degrees what's that it's the trinity But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. 180 degrees. Not 360. What's that? I don't know. There's a lot of triangles. We've been dealing with a lot of triangles, have we not? Can I get an amen? Okay. So there's that. Fear ye not, therefore. Again, what is it telling you? Don't fear. You're of more value than many sparrows. You are made in the image of God. Whosoever there, therefore shall confess me before men, which I, which will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. You confess down, you 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 find the truth down here. You speak it down here. That's the point. You confess that it's like, yes, that's the truth. And I'm gonna call out the liars. I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna go into their house just as Jesus did. I'm gonna go into their synagogues as Jesus did, right? And preach. We're going to stay on YouTube where there's a den of vipers and talk about this shit. Uh, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, you confess it to men down here, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Matthew 1034 says this, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. What? I thought Jesus was the peacemaker. I thought he was like, oh, the Prince of Peace, that whole shit. Now he's telling us, God, you freaking hypocrite, Jesus. Nope. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. What's he saying? Number one is the sword, which is the sword of sword of truth, which is the word of God. He he's come to what? bring truth. Truth can divide. As we know, there are going to be people. You can go into their house, lay all the truth in front of them, be like, look, brother, you're on the wrong course. You've been on the wrong path. That whole chosen boy shit you got going on ain't going to end well for you. That whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, lake of fire shit, brother. They're still not going to listen. Truth naturally can divide if people are not ready for it. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Not that I... Think not I am come to send peace on earth. I'm actually here to call out the lost tribes of Israel, those lost sheep. I came not to send peace, but to bring the sword of truth. We've talked about the sword of truth. You talked about the this is I'm just going to mention this because it's not necessary to cover right now, but there's there's constellations here, okay? We've talked about this, the flaming sword. We find this flaming sword, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Part of the six, armor, six pieces of the armor of God, you put six pieces of the armor of God around what? The human body. It's six around one. It's that cube again. It's that city of God again. We hear about the sword, um, that sort of uh, flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We'll cover that. We'll get to that math in just a second. This thing is going to turn 360 degrees in this sense, so you know exactly <laughs> the way out of, out, of, out of this creation up and out and into God God Almighty unity with God Almighty and the of life eternal life this is this is um, the northern cross. once again, I'm just going to mention this this is the this is constellationally any, anyway um, your sword of the Spirit. We've covered that. I just want to mention it briefly here. Now, so Jesus is, let's read this again. Matthew 10:34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Then he says this. Now, mind you, he's saying, he's speaking directly not to the Gentiles and the good Samaritans. Is that what he's speaking to? No. He's speaking to, once again, the scribes and the Pharisees and those fucking governors that we that we have an issue with here in this country. And those kings and the presidents and all of this. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. There will be people that end up turning to truth, to Christ, to the way, to life, and abandoning that. And guess what? That's going to cause an uproar because there's gonna be some people in that household they're not gonna like it. The truth isn't, the, the truth doesn't divide anybody. People divide themselves by not following the truth. When the truth shows up, what happens? If you can't handle it, then you divide. What about what about the COVIDians of the 19s? We watched it happen, guys. How I know people that got separated or divorced because of COVID. Relationships are being torn apart by COVID conspiracies. Once it passes, will our loved ones come back? A lot of times, no. Why? Because there were people in their own families that are like, I'm not taking that jab. And other people in that family was like, you totally need, you got disabilities. What happened? Was it the lies that divided people? No, the, the truth was not accepted. It was accepted by some. And then what happened? It divided people Naturally. I feel like I've lost him. The family's torn apart by conspiracy theories. You mean, you mean truth as we're coming to find? (laughs) COVID-19 vaccine policies are tearing apart. What about this one? This one gets a lot of people too. What about this, this guy here? What about that truth? We're not on a spinning ball. We're not tilted to 23.4 degrees and spinning counterclockwise and going 666,000 miles or whatever the heck it is. And the sun's going half a million miles an hour. And the moon is spinning, but we never see it spin. All that shit is horse shit. And some people can't handle it. And what does it happen? This This topic is dividing the truth community, guys. We need to just come together. No, no, we know what's true. We're going to go to the top of the house and speak it. But we just need to come together and not worry about God's cosmology? No. Sorry. Nope. We see it's a lie. We know what the truth is. We're not going to stop. And if you can't handle it, then we're just going to let our peace come upon us, do our best to do that, and move the fuck on to the next house that can handle it. We watched. We're watching all of this happen. Jesus's words, you are there. You might as well just print these in freaking gold, because we're watching this happen to the freaking T right now. In the last how many years, you know? And this one, this one is a difficult one, you know, because the when you know when you become a flat earther, you know, it's really like. You get a groove, you know what I'm saying? There's like a flow state to it. You don't, you know what I mean? You feel closer to God, closer to truth. So um, we sit going to be reggae and on and we're not going to worry about the people that can't handle the fact that you're being lied to about your cosmology by a bunch of people who worship Beelzebub. Let's move on. Uh, he that loveth father or mother more than me you can tell that this is never mind. I can't go into that right now. Um, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What? 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 What is he saying? Like, oh well, I the truth has come in, but I'm going to ignore it because I want to. I don't want to break up the family in this sort of sense, right? I don't want to like, oh, I might lose the wife or the kid or the kid might go because like, oh, dad, you mean to tell me that you you don't believe in the the virology and stuff like that, right? That sort of thing. What's what's the most important lesson here? First first and foremost, Christ is all and in all. Where there is neither a Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. When you love God, right? And you recognize that, the divi- as we'll cover next week, it's in your enemy and your neighbor. That divine spark within all. And you love that. What are you doing? You're actually loving them. When you love Christ first in this sense... What are you doing? You're, as, you said, as I said in another verse, like you have to expand your, I'm paraphrasing, it, but you have to expand that love just outside of your community and your family and your little tight little knit unit. You have to love the all. Then what are you doing? Well, you're loving your father and your mother and, as well. But there's people that are going to say, oh, I'm going to ignore truth. I'm going to abandon it. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen at work. They might make fun of me. I might lose all my friends. Facebook's going to get really angry at me. And you worry about all that shit. It is going to cause a variance. It is going to cause disruption. That's not Christ doing it. That's people not handling the truth. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me your actions. What do you do? Not what you fucking say. Churches. All day long. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what your opinion on hermeneutics is. When it came time to show up or shut up, did you show up or did you shut the fuck up? Most of you shut up. You weren't taking up your cross because you did not show by your work. The workman is worthy of his meat. The harvest is ready for those laborers. That's action, that's work. You know what a proverb is, right? Book of Proverbs. Pro means for and verb means to action. It's action. That's what a verb is. It's for action. You can't just be like, oh, well, I believe the earth is flat. Now go under the rooftops. He that findeth his life shall lose it and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. I don't even think I need to go into this. When you talk about life, you're talking about eternal life. If if you're seeking your life here in this temporary, fleeting, physical, material existence and you're not seeking eternal life, that's what he's saying. You're not going to get that eternal life because you're trying to find it here. You're trying to seek it here. He that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When, so, when you walk, go into somebody's house and they receive the truth what is it it's that flow you've been gifted it and you're giving it freely giving it and they receive it oh guess what you become the link you become the in this sense the the, the christly being that's that's helping the truth come out you receive what just as you know, he that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me you you receive what? The eternal God that, as we talked about before, is beyond the beyond the beyond the beyond. You can't even talk about it. You can't categorize it. You can't, you know, it's you can't, there's no descriptors. There's no word. There's no symbol. There's no anything. That's what you're receiving. Notice the language. Receiveth, 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 receiveth. It says four times. What is that? It's Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Um, when he says this, um, this is when, you know, he that findeth his life. Oh, let's, hold on, hold on. This is the whole point that we keep coming back to about r- recognizing w- what Emmanuel means, right? This is, we talked about this, obviously, chapter one. And Emmanuel, you're given the prophecy, this this prophecy of Jesus Christ right, about him being born, Virgin Mary, then right after that, you're, you're this is, you're given this prophecy, or the, the story, I should say, of Jesus and Mary and, you know, being born, the whole thing, and right in smack dab in the middle of this, you're given this story, this prophecy of behold, the virgin shall be with the child, and you bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, they even tell you how to interpret it, they don't even mince words. They're not like, this is not even like esoteric. You got to like dig deep. They just freaking tell you God with us. God is always present with us. God is always with us. He's always present. This is why Jesus is in the present. Okay. He takes care of his creations is, is the whole point. When you walk, and this is what this whole chapter is really about. When you walk and you go and you have to deal with as a sheep and you're going into the wolves and you're going to have to go into all these people that hate you. And when you speak, it's going to tear apart families and all that sort of stuff. Just know that, guess what? God is going to be with you the entire time and he will take care of his creations. He takes care of what's going on you know, when, when you're following his, his word. Okay, then it says this he that findeth his life shall lose it i want to go into the math here he that findeth his life shall lose it and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it when you give up your life for truth you will find eternal life when you give up trying to seek the things and the material possessions and all this me 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 stuff in the world when you give it up and you get in that flow in that way that's when you receive eternal life this is get this gets some math so this is a pretty you know this is a pretty important line within this chapter, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth loseth his life for my sake shall find it, let's do the math of this, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it, this equals 322, okay, does everybody know what 322 is, most people know the number 322 from what, skull and bones, it's pretty much the only reference that you have to uh, that number, right, well, that number's found in a lot of different places in the Bible. Here's um, John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What does that equal? 322. These are the words that got Jesus arrested. This is, the, this is the thing that Jesus said that got him arrested. I am and ye shall see this son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Arrest him. What does that equal? 322. What is 322? It's uh, It's skull and bones. So I wonder now, I don't have this here. But when you do the gamatra value, ready? Um, I should have had the graphic. I thought I had it here. I don't. Oh, well, we'll do it on the fly because we're we'll good birds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Z- using the septenary cipher. Notice all of these things end with seven here. Three, three two, two, right? Full reduction is seven, of course. Mm-hmm. Three, two, two. Um, there you go. Three, two, two. And this is all, once again, this is your um, he that findeth his life. Shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Three twenty-two. That ends in seven. This is the septenary cipher. You could do the math. Zero one. Let's do this. Zero one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen and fourteen. If you do the gematria values of the words zero through fourteen, do you know what it equals? 322 so 0 Z-E-R-O equals 13 1 equals 8 2 equals 13 3 equals 28 4 equals 19 5 equals 21 6 equals 14 7 equals 22 8 equals 30 9 equals 12 10 equals 13 11 equals 23 12 equals 28 13 equals 41 and 14 equals 37 and if you add that up do you know that it equals 322 why? because the kingdom of heaven is at hand 0 through what? 14 equals 322. Because he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Why? Because Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way, the Tao. The truth can divide people. Could divide that truth community in between people who are absolutely ready to just say the truth. We're being lied to about our cosmology and those that can't. Let's give them some math. The way, the truth, and the life, which is eternal life. 3.22. So I'm just saying, I think that these boys, these boys... Which would be considered a lot of like scribes and Pharisees and kings and governors and things like that. I think they may know a thing or two. I think they may be flashing that number for good reason. Huh. Anyway. So, and then it ends with this. This is what it says. Um, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall, shall shall receive a prophet's reward. This is pretty straightforward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Once again, it's reception, receiving. You let oh, you're letting somebody, the prophet and a righteous man, that's going to be speak truth, and you're letting them in. I'll see that God will see all of it and be like, I, I recognize it. You'll receive it too. Then it ends with this, and I'll just be honest with you guys. I'm completely stuck on this. I don't have an answer for this last verse at all. So I'm going to leave it with you and see. We'll just we'll see what you guys think. I have no idea why he's saying this. So (laughs) that's pretty interesting. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. The only thing I can basically, essentially what he's just saying is that also giving to the uh, care to the little ones, right? To once again freely give that sort of thing. But I have no idea why a cup of cold water... I tried to figure this out, and I tell you what, I was stumped on it. So so there you go. So I'll just leave it at that. And so I'll put that in the hands of your guys' hands and your wings, because you guys are good birds. So I really appreciate you guys stopping by this Sunday. I hope you guys did enjoy that. Um, if you want to become a good bird, you can become a good bird. A good bird. Not a good bird. Don't become a good bird. There are no good bergs and bombs and steins. <laughs> we covered that this whole live stream. <laughs> if you want to become a good bird, you can become a phoenix bird. You can go become a good bird at subscribe star. You become a phoenix bird, an Aquila bird, a Cygnus bird, or you can become Tommy the Peacock bird. That's right, Tommy. Tommy's a good bird. He's up in heaven. <sighs> he's uh, he's a good bird. So. Uh, Once again, if you'd like to make any donations, we really appreciate it. Uh, Venmo, buy me a coffee, cash app, subscribe, star. And we do have the uh, new snail mail. That is Kevin McNally, N2550, Southview Court, Monroe, Wisconsin, 53566. And that will be going until Wisa moves down to Missouri, which we're really looking forward to. We were just down there dropping our stuff off, and we're really looking forward to hanging with some good peeps and actually... uh, Good weather and that sort of thing. So, thank you to Content Safe for getting me on BitShoot and Rumble. We are streaming live to Odyssey, Rockfin, and YouTube right now. You can also get the sermon at the Flat Earth Sun Moon and Zodiac app. There's the Sunday sermons right there, Marty Leeds Sunday sermons, and we will be doing um Tuesdays with Marty. Like, speaking of good birds, like this is my Willy Bird. He's a good boy. He can't see shit. Why is he driving? Uh, we will be doing Tuesdays with Marty, 7 o'clock um, Central Standard Time, and I've got some mail to open, and we're going to be playing some guitar and that sort of thing. Also, um, if you are going to be in the California area, we're going to be doing the gathering August 18th through the 21st. A bunch of I'm going to be speaking with a bunch of doctors, totally out of my league. <laughs> Dr. Kelly Brogan and Dr. Bear Lando and Dr. Alex and Dr. Melissa Sell and then Marty. Hmm. Anyway, but uh, really looking forward to that. Going to be awesome. Um, musicandsky.com forward slash Marty. That is the affiliate link. If you are going to sign up and want to make sure that we get some money, that's awesome. We do have hardcover books, regular books, that sort of stuff. Archives. Uh, we do have the Bible and rosary package. And yes, we do ship that to um, somebody at asked recently. We do ship that. Uh, overseas, but now they've been putting some sort of like customs tax on it and stuff like that too. So I don't know what's going on. The shipping is a nightmare right now. So the shipping is, uh, um, it's uh, it's expensive. There's nothing we can do about that. So, but there is there are a great Bible package and everything like that. People seem to really enjoy them. So, okay, that is going to do it. We we're going to say, did you guys enjoy that? Julie Pradol, thank you so much. Eric C., love you, brother. Derek, Dr. Eddie Parker, speaking of doctors, uh, late to the party, amazing as always. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, late to the party. You're moderated, just like that. Um, yeah, as a part in the Bible, Jesus disappears. Where'd he go? He appears when he was 33. Yes, exactly. 32, 33, okay. Um, we're going to say thank you. Did you send those? Yeah. To there we go. Okay, let's say it. So forgot to say thank you or want to say thank you to some people that had donated um, last week. Matthew Kwiatkowski, excuse me, I'm sure I'm saying that t- incorrect. Jared Poole, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you so much, Brett Kirshner. Kirshner, is that right? Jam Grassi, Matt Melilio, Carmen Taylor, Crystal Rose, J.C., Michael Shucknick, thank you so much, Michael. Justin Hines, thank you, my brother. Uh, Counterculture, Interverse Podcast, Chase, brew the pious, Chance, my brother, thank you. Chance and Jenny G, love you guys. Um, we got some subscribe stars. We got some good birds. Brett Kirshner, Kenneth Rudzinski, Ruth Scott, love you, Ruth. Lindsay Chapman, looking forward to seeing you. Lauren D., J.L., or L., I keep saying this correctly incorrectly, <laughs> L.J. Lo. <laughs> words, sometimes they're correct, Samurai Deadpool, Adam H., Harvey Brown, Page Sage Bear, Daniel Petrillo, Shannon Seal, Jen Pruhl, Jenny J., The Ancient Order, Jimmy Diana, 2634, Into Cynthia Holtzman, Perspective, 96, Bobby and Family, Jared Poole, my brother, Andrew Zolberg, Javier Amberson, Amberson, a cat, Angie A., tipped $10 on Rockvin. thank you so much, Andrew Masonette, let's uh let's do this small axe good to see you my brother good to see you keep up the good work my good brother and sister thank you so much jerry d here's to the hard lessons hard lesson indeed no nobody was saying any of this stuff was easy <clears throat> nobody no i'm not here to sit there and uh, on some like freaking ivory tower or some shit looking down on you guys and be like this is what you guys need to do no this is a learning lesson for everybody involved and these lessons are hard. It's not an easy thing. That's why they call it the great work. So, yes, here is the hard lesson for sure. Interverse Podcast, thank you so much. Be mustard to this blessed day. Javier, Javier Mujaka. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. John Vina, the truth seeker for donation. Jared Poole, thank you once again. Auntie Jake. Glad to hear you're here. We're not there yet, but we're on the way. We've got most of our stuff there. So Lucy Short for the tie. Thank you so much. Aurorian Shane bought three coffees. The Blind Willie ads are nice, too. We will do the Blind Willie. I was going to say, Aurorian. Um, not that I wanted to call you out or anything like that because I'm sending you lots of love, but you were saying that your lady, that she's a flat earther, but she, she just told her brother. And I was saying, remember Tuesdays the morning, I'm like, she's got to speak up. And this is why. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot sometimes. But, Christ, that dude knew, knew what he was talking about. So go on to the, you know, tell her, now that you're the man of the house, tell her you got to get up on that rooftop. What you hear in the darkness, you must speak in the light. So, um, Matt Malilio bought a coffee. Coffee is indeed for closers. David Weiss not going to hell. Well, you know, that's not up to me. So, <laughs> no, David, David Weiss is doing great things out there. So, all right, and just so you guys know, oh, what was what was I have to say? Oh, uh, one one second. I also want to say, um, Flattoberfest is happening in Las Vegas this year. I'll I'll start hopefully advertising that this next week. For uh, and I don't know if we're even going to be able to go or anything like that, but um, love the Flat Earth Festival. Festivals, the Flattoberfest. Karen B and that whole crew is fantastic. So if you are in the area or you know flying to Vegas is super cheap, if you can go, definitely go. You will enjoy it. You will totally enjoy it. It's such a great time. So, I always want to uh, show some support there. So, um, and let's, let's, and Tuesdays with Marty, yes, we're going to be doing. And then also, when we were in, um, we just, it was so crazy. We just, we uh, we went to go get some Thai massages and I had these crazy Thai bitches like, get get in there and just freaking, my body today is like, oh, whatever. But my Lord, it felt great. Anyway, we went to, we were in St. Louis and we went to get a massage and then we went and got coffee and we walked into this coffee shop and we see this dog there, this guy that has this dog there. And I looked down, like, oh, and I started petting the dog and, you know, all this other stuff. And then we go get coffee and then this guy starts talking to Jennifer and next thing, you know, he comes up he's like, are you Marty? And so then he so he recognized me at the coffee shop, which was hilarious. Is like I can't go anywhere. It's the paparazzi and shit. You know what I mean? God, it's like me and Kanye. It's the same issues. Anyway, um, so but he has a um, a dog rescue in Taiwan, and I guess he's got like ten dogs that he's trying to get rid of. So I'm I'm not sure what the circumstances are, re-home. but I'm get not rid of. well, get rid of out of Taiwan. I know rehome. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, my wife's going to take over these live streams from now on, <laughs> so I don't sound like a freaking idiot. Anyway, um, so it, Mike, if you're out there, get a hold of us. And if that's something that um, I just want to say, if there are people out there that do, are looking to rehome, rescue a dog, and get rid of, not in the like Vietnamese sense, um, get, get a hold of us and let us know, because we want to help with that sort of stuff. So, okay, that's going to do it. Guys, thank you so much. Oh, I think there was another one that came in here. Uh, Derek Holloway, thank you so much, very much for 50 bucks. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, if you guys get a chance, once again, lots of books and things like that, that um, to get it on your shelf. Okay, we're going to listen to freaking David the Good. You guys know David the Good? Freaking David the Good is... Look, David the Good is... if I'll just say this. If David the Good doesn't get into heaven, we're all screwed. We don't even have a chance. None of you, me, we don't have a chance at all. Because this guy is a genuinely... Good dude, a genuinely good man. He has like 15, wait, nope. I think his wife just had another child right now. 16 children, something like that. He's got like, you know, a baseball team and a basketball team. He's funny as hell, super smart writes good songs. It, you know, is a musician, his, we have, I think, three or four of his books. They're all really good. So if you get a chance, go show uh, David the Good some love. He's a great guy. Great guy. Um, love his YouTube channel and stuff like that. So we're going to play one of his tunes called Fall Into You, which is which is great. So anyway, we're going to do that. So guys, ooh, wrong one. Let's do this. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Love you all. May you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. Okay, let's rock out with Mr. David the Good. I love you guys. I'll see you on Tuesday, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. We're going to play some guitar. I'm going to crack a beer. It's going to be a hoot. All right, guys, I love you so much. As always, many blessings and much love to all.